How do you go about making your voice sound like someone else's? And why would you? I'll be chatting to a bunch of people who can answer those questions and many more as they reveal the dark arts of impressionists. I'm Simon Lipson, and this is Making an Impression. I'm thrilled today to be joined by an absolutely brilliant impressionist all the way from Dublin. It's Al Foran. How are you, Al? Hello, Simon. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well. I'm absolutely delighted to get you on the show because I've been watching your videos on social media for quite a while. And apart from being very entertaining, your impressions are are just amazing. When did you start doing that? I suppose, and and I don't know if if this was the same case for you, I started impersonating family members. It was the weddings. It was the birthdays. It was the funerals we've had, you know. <laughs> Some Irish funerals are great. Yeah, you know, of course. Right? Yeah, good material. My, my grandmother's funeral, actually, I'll just say that she, she wanted it to be a party. So we had a party. <laughs> and I actually, I, I would get up on stage at a lot of these family dues. I would impersonate family members, aunties, uncles, cousins. And I've been doing that since I was probably nine or ten years old. Were you the class clown? Were you, you know, the, the guy everyone sort of congregated around you? So, you know, do the teacher, do somebody. Or, uh, you know, were you a bit shyer than that? Because, I, I mean, I, I could do that with all my mates. But as soon as anyone from outside my little clique said, you know, do, do that, I hear you do this one. I go, no, no, I can't, I can forget it. Where did you fall in that kind of shy, not shy, extrovert? When I was in primary school, I, I remember I, I used to, I was doing the De Niro and the, the Pesci and, you know, I was actually doing them at that age. Before your voice broke? Before, before my <laughs> voice broke, yeah. I was doing the De Niro face and everything, yeah. <laughs> but I can vouch for your De Niro face and I urge our uh, listeners to get online and, and, and see that face. I used to think my De Niro face was okay, but yours is just amazing and you do the voice as well. Oh, you, did it, you did it before we started recording. It was very, I thought it was very good. Well, you know what I've got on my side is I've, I'm almost as old as Robert De Niro, so I, I kind of, I've, I've grown into the De Niro face by now. <laughs> Going back to your, your early days, you know, you talk about impersonating the family and doing doing stuff at school. What was the first impression that made you think, you know what, I I can really do this? You know, it's not just like, you know, because lots of kids can mimic a couple of voices and sounds. What was the voice that made you suddenly think, I can do this? That's an interesting one. Because if, if if I go far back to when I kind of started doing this properly online, it was 10 years ago. And I had so many impressions in my locker back then. But... They were crap compared to what they're like now. They were crap. I think it might have been. I think it might have been my Sir Alex Ferguson was my first kind of impression where I kind of well, very much like that. You know, told straight to the point. You know, and very I was doing that all the time. It was a lot of football impression time, and it was that was what I was doing. I was doing Jeff Stelling from Gillette Soccer Saturday. A Stelling, a burst of Stelling. Jeff, unbelievable! What a result! <laughs> Incredible speed. Liverpool winning the 19th league title. Unbelievable. Phil Thompson is over the moon. And you've got to believe it, Jeff. I'm over the moon. <laughs> you know? I used to do Gillette Soccer Saturday. So kind of like the Ferguson one was kind of the first one, but like the likes of Jeff Stelling, Mourinho, Roy Keane, Eamon Dunphy, he's a pundit in Ireland. 
my sole focus was kind of doing football impressions. And then I did the actors as well. I think a lot, lot of impressionists, they kind of like Rory Bremner tended, you know, has tended towards the politically political. Uh, Alistair McGowan, I guess, was more celebrity-based, football sports-based. I always loved doing sports impressions with a few actors, probably a bit like you, you know, that kind of range. I, I wasn't that interested in satire or making a statement about anything political or, you know, just trying to be funny, really, I guess. Was that kind of a conscious thing? Or was it just the voices as, as they came to you? You just thought, you know, I can do that or I can, I can, I want to have a go at that. Yeah, I'd always, I'd always want to have a go at it. I'd always hear them on the television. I'd, I'd, I'd watched like, you know, I studied film in college. So that was one of the reasons why I was doing all of those impressions of, of Hollywood actors. I watched a lot of TV, you know, and I watched a lot of football. So that was kind of part and parcel of the, what, what, what kind of inspired me to um, do a lot of those impersonations and learn them. What's your process then? Because it, we've had, you know, I've probably had about 15 impressions on the pod so far. And it seems to me that they split about half and half between kind of instinctive impressionists. And I put myself in that category and forensic impressionists. And so some have got a bit of a crossover. Where, where do you see yourself? How, how do you go about finding a voice it's an interesting process i kind of i find that tinge in the voice if i can find that tinge whether it's it's high or it's low and if i can kind of match that and then you know add it add in some of the the expressions as well i get there in the end it's crazy because there's never a set time for learning an impression you know you you could you could learn an impression in two minutes it's a, it's a copy and paste job, essentially. Now, it's not 100% there. It's around 70 to 80% there, and you put it out online or it's on television. It's going to be safe, and people are going to they're gonna see that 80% accuracy in the voice. So it is. It's finding that tinge to, to, their, to their voice, and then it's matching it. But then, in some cases, Simon, you know, you could, you could try and learn an impression, and you could spend weeks doing it. Weeks. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you've come across Connor Moore. He does the golf impressions. He told me about when he did his Tiger Woods impersonation. And he locked himself in a room for like three or four days. Like just watching Tiger interviews and then trying to match it. You know, and he eventually got there. Let's take one as an example. I love your impression of Tyson Fury. Because he's got a kind of a, a growl. Oh, he's changed so much over the years. Because he got punched in the throat. In, in training so because of that his voice had to change so before that he was very much like that so he spoke right to the point you know and there was no there was it was it was quite high-pitched voice <laughs> i'll tell you i'm the man right and i'm the real man around here and then it kind of got like that to a point where it was you know I'm, I'm, but no it was actually like that at one point and then it kind of came back to that so it's 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 coming back to the high pitch and he's also got a very unusual accent he pronounces all of his t's very 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 clearly and some of his pronunciations are quite I mean, i've tried it i can't get anywhere near it I mean, what are you, <laughs> are you probably because I'll, I'll do my voice and if i even have a go but are you listening out for those things or does most of it just come naturally no i'm listening out for those things like if i'm preparing to you know film a, a new video there's no harm in going back to the impressions that you've been doing for a couple of years and maybe trying to find a few new little little things 
there, you know, that you can showcase in the video. I find myself constantly going back to Tyson Fury because his voice just changes so much. Do you think about where you're producing sound from? Because I know Alistair McGowan talked a lot about feeling where the sound is coming from. It's coming out of the top of his head. It's coming from behind his tongue. It's coming from his ears or something like that. It helped him to center the impression to, to consider kind of forensically how he was producing sound. Are you doing that? Or are you kind of thinking, well, you know, I, I sound like it. That's good enough. I don't need to analyze it uh, forensically to remember it. That's an interesting question. I suppose I have to kind of use a lot of my facial muscles as well to actually match the voice. So, for example, if I do Harry Kane, I actually can feel a headache coming in. <laughs> so, so my, my, my tongue, the back of my tongue is, is, uh, is, is stretched and wet. So, and, it's, it's, and it's hitting the roof of my mouth. So, I mean, uh, and then, and then I'm finding something at the bottom right here, at the bottom of my, bottom of my throat, and I'm bringing it up all, all the way here. So, And now I can feel the headache. My temples are starting to flare up. So, and honestly, that's the truth. I feel like that when I'm doing Harry, Harry Kane. I'm a Spurs supporter. I know you're a Man United fan, so we, we, we've got things to talk about. But <laughs> Harry is one of those voices. Also, he's got, I think Alistair McGowan was saying that he's got a kind of a, uh, almost kind of a street accent wound in with his Essex accent. And it, it's a really hard one to nail because he's not consistent somehow in, in, in his accent. No, he's not. His accent is kind of, as you said, it's it's kind of a blend of, of street and Essex. I think when he's been interviewed, though, he's, he's very reserved. I think earlier on in his career, he wasn't. But now he's, he's the England captain now. He's... He's heading for that record with Alan Shearer as well, so he's kind of becoming a bit more, um, I suppose, PR-friendly as well. But he always was PR-friendly. He was always that way inclined, you know. What are you trying to find with Jose? Because to me, in the voice, there's the arrogance. It's kind of almost built into the voice. I'm always right. Don't argue with me. I do things my way. Give me a whack of that voice and tell me what you're, what's going through your mind as you do it. But I think as soon as I try, I think what I have to achieve is to not give a shit about what anyone thinks. So it's very important. I think I, I stay at the level where it's like this, Simon, where it's, you know, like that kind of flatline. And then I kind of bring it up a little bit, you know. So I think that is what is important with doing Jose is a very, very... I mean, a lot of people impersonate Jose, a lot of people. So I think it's it's a very important one to do because of his arrogance, because of his history, because he mentioned how many times he's won the Premier League. So I think <laughs> yes. that for me is quite important. What's great that about that is, and I, and I have to just vouch for this for the, our listeners, is that you're, you've inhabited his face as you do that. Just a half sneer. And your eyes widen a bit and you've got that kind of, it's hard to describe it, but you've inhabited the face. But it's the same with Roy Keane. You were talking about Roy Keane. You're going to do Roy Keane. It's very much like that. You know, straight to the point. Yeah, listen, it's absolutely disgraceful. You know, he's deadpan. He's there looking at you. You know, listen, what do you have to hear? I'm absolutely sick and tired of him. You know, what's he doing? You're not even making saves like that. I'm like, why are you? You know, Keane, like Keane goes high. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, because there's always that perception of Keane, because he's aggressive. 
and he doesn't suffer fools. You imagine him as this as this kind of macho guy, but actually his voice is, as you say, it's it's actually pretty high pitched. Almost doesn't square with his the image that you have of him. As great observation that, and he's moody as well. <laughs> I always feel with Keen that he somewhere I buried underneath that character is a bloke laughing at us all. I, I think so too. I honestly think so. Yeah. I think you couldn't be more right in that assessment. I do feel like he, he's kind of taken on the character Roy Keane. But like my grandparents are from Cork, where, where Roy is from, and they were very honest and straight to the point, you know. So I'm not surprised in, in the way, you know, in the way he's like that, in the way he comes across on television. The Corkonian people are very much inclined to be like that, you know. No, they've no time for dubs. No time for Dublin folk. <laughs> <laughs> Half of me is in them. <laughs> your other football voices, I love the, your, you do fabulous Rio. Now, Rio Ferdinand, he got uh, somewhere in the in the back, isn't it? it's all down here somewhere, like that, which, which I, sort of, I haven't really worked at it, to be honest, but I can hear you're, you're doing that. Are you, so you're positioning that. It's, it's a little bit, you know, it's quirky as well. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving my lip to the side because he does that a lot as well. What, his lip's kind of raised on one side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it kind of goes like that, you know. I, I, I've met Rio, uh, and I did the impression for Rio, and he loved it. Like, he was, he couldn't have been more receptive about it. He's, as a United fan as well to me, I met him at what was it, the FIFA, FIFA 18 launch about three years ago. And he was lovely, like, and he, he had, known about my impressions. I think he was trying to get me to do Joe Pesci in front of his little son. And I said, oh, Rio, no, I don't think we can do that now. <laughs> I'll be kicked out of here and I won't get me free copy of FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. It's funny that, because uh, I know you've met uh, Tyson Fury and you've done Tyson Fury to his face and he loves it. Have you done a lot of that with, you know, with actually impersonating the person that you're, you're standing Oh, yeah. I did it in front of Gary Neville, which at the time was it was a bad impression, and I was like, "Oh no, no!" I was I, I actually I did a gig for the class of '92, except Beckham wasn't there, which it devastating. Skulls was there. Skulls was my favorite player of all time. But anyway, I did Gary Neville's. Yeah, it was. <laughs> he was kind of looking at me like I had two heads. <laughs> so is that one of the impressions that you've improved over time? That you know you've listened listened back to yourself. I like to think so. I mean, constantly. I mean, he's always thought about the way I mean, Manchester United are improving under Ole. He's, he's done an absolutely fantastic job. And I mean, obviously, he should be in Papua New Guinea now after Liverpool winning the 19 Premier League title. You know, Jamie Carragher constantly on to him about the banter. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Well, you've got it nailed, that's for sure. You're Rooney, of course. You, you do a beautiful Rooney because Rooney, when he started, you know, he was that sort of 16 year old kid went on this pitch and he was this mag magical bull of a footballer and then he came off <laughs> every to me it just sounded like he's about to cry and you but you've got that haven't you you kind of incorporate because he's not a, a fluent speaker is he he's somebody who struggles a little bit with it uh, even now he's with 34 i mean 34 obviously was kind of in all of those sound like he's about to break into tears when he's been interviewed but I think it's just the tone of voice. Obviously, over in, in Merseyside, 
Um, and I mean, the aims are so important. I mean, that, that just comes to me if you're not saying, um, um, I mean, you're doing something wrong. Um. Well, that's gorgeous because <laughs> he. Again, you completely captured that nervousness. Really, he's not a not a public speaker. Rather like because I know you do Beckham, and I was talking to Alistair McGowan about Beckham, which was one of his signature impressions. He said to me, "When I do Beckham, I realise this is a very shy boy. Even though he's become, you know, he's he must be doing media stuff every day of his life. He's still essentially that shy kid." Have you seen the way his voice has, has changed? Yeah, he, he, it's changed a lot, massively. I think he's become very, um, he's become very cultured as well. I mean, he, you see him now and, and like he's, especially on his Instagram, there's pictures of him in, in a chair in Italy sitting with, with his son, Brooklyn, like drinking a, a glass of wine outside a vineyard or something. You know what I mean? Become very chilled. And sometimes those observations, again, we're, we're going back to what we were saying earlier, is you sometimes think about, you know, what motivates these people? What is the thing that, that they're about that then informs your, your voice? When you do somebody like Denzel Washington, which is a really great impression of yours, do you see that as a, an act of mimicry or are you looking for stuff in Denzel Washington that you've observed to, to help you give that impression some so make it 3d if you like yeah it's no it's it's not an act of mimicry I, I am looking for the accuracy in that impression because he you know he's very much like that okay that's fine his, his voice would be very low and then one minute he'd be talking like that okay all right my man that's okay <laughs> and then he smiles like that all the time you know that that was very important you know and, and he's always blinking he's blinking all the time and it's not a nervous thing. It's like he's in control of his blinking. <laughs> you know, he's a guy that's constantly in control of everything. And that's what you have to kind of convey in that impression. What's great about that impression is it's really textured. So you're picking up on the low notes and the high notes and the laugh. And it's because there's a lot going on in his voice. I know you do a great Eubank, and it's one of my you know, back in the day, it was one of the, one of the impressions I did a, a lot of. And I always felt that it was very much on a level. You know, you, know, you talk like this, you know, there's not much going on. It's just, uh, you know, and this kind of thing, you know. You know what I mean? It's kind of, it was almost a one note thing going on there. And you just, you find the, the half lisp and the oh, this and that and all this, you know, then you've got it. But there was no texture to that. With a Denzel Washington, you're having to do a lot with it to get all the all the different notes. You watch my content and it'll be on Twitter. So I have a time limit of two minutes and 20 seconds. So I can't go over that time on Twitter, as you know, with posting them, with uploading videos on Twitter. So I'd have to try and get all of that in 10 seconds, 10 to 12 seconds. You know, so if I'm, I'm doing Denzel, all right, I'm talking like this, okay. Yeah, 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 my man, okay. That's why we've been in the clip also for Twitter on Tension. Yeah, that was the other thing. Again, I, I'm going to have to vouch for this. And, and I'm, you know, people can go and have a look at you doing this online. But you're finding that, because he's got that slight overbite, hasn't he? And that probably helps, that helps you with the formation of the S sound. And do you, I mean, do you find that? Because we talked about Beckham with his sort of closed mouth. And you've just done Denzel Washington that shape of the mouth and Rio Ferdinand we talked about. Do you think that's central to producing the voice or is it just helping you inhabit the character or is it a bit of both? No, it's definitely central to, to 
producing that voice. No, it is. To give a simple explanation as, as to what I try to do is I try to, to blend in the mimicry with the accuracy. And that's, that's what I'm going for in that sense. It's, I suppose when you're doing an impression, the key thing is to take these characters out of their comfort zone completely and see the, act, the, the madness to them. And that's why I think when I'm doing Trump, am I Trump? But I've always tried to get the Trump impression to go viral. But it just won't because there's so many Trump impressionists. There's so many satire pieces around Trump anyway that it just gets lost. The internet and Trump, like Trump is just a highly saturated keyword in the internet. Your Trump's very strong. I mean, but as you say, there are lots of people doing Trump. It's hard to satirize him and make him funny now, isn't it? Because he's already so ludicrous. Let me ask you this, because there was always this idea that uh, mimicry was a a form of flattery. You know, you do people that you you, you admire. I didn't believe that, right? Because I used to do people I I disliked intensely. I I don't know what your your attitude is to to Trump, but for for me, he's an arsehole of the highest order. Mm. Uh, Do you have to invest in a character, either to to love them or hate them? Does it help you? you're doing a voice or is that not part of your process i suppose i am a bit careful with 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 my content i don't really go to town on trump i make him out to be an idiot you know like everyone else does i'm not infuriated by him though like everyone else i think he's a moron but uh, you know I, i know my father absolutely despises him and has come up with so many ideas for content that it's just like whoa relax I can't hate Klopp either. I can't, you know, as a United fan, I can't. When I do the Klopp impression, you know, it's just me doing Klopp. Now, this is an interesting one, Klopp, because, you know, it's a sort of standard German accent, but, you know, a little bit of a, almost American in there and you know, a bit of English. And I think actually he's a decent bloke, but he just happens to be the Liverpool manager and that irritates Spurs fans. It irritates Man United. probably irritates everybody who isn't a Liverpool fan. But he's a very fruity impression, isn't it? One to get your teeth into. Well, well, what can I do other than, you know, gloat, yeah? There, there is absolutely nothing else I can do. You know, I have to just gloat and gloat and gloat and talk and talk, you know. Uh, because there is, there is nothing to be ashamed of for what I've done so far. Uh, maybe, maybe a couple of years ago when we, when we drew against, I think it was West Brom. And uh, yeah, we gave the crowd a standing ovation and we, we bowed to the crowd, yeah. <laughs> but of course, that was a part of the plan. Okay, so. <laughs> so in your, in your material there, you're you're showing your disdain, which is great. <laughs> Let me ask you this also. Now, your natural pitch is probably somewhere in the middle to upper range. Uh, whereas it's my, high. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tending towards there, whereas mine, you know, obviously mine's low. And I always felt that that kind of limited me a little bit in terms of what I would try. I'd watch Alistair McGowan, for example, or, or Rory, and they both got higher voices than me and see, oh, they produced a voice then. It's brilliant. And I just think, it's not even a, I can't even start on that voice because I can't find a way to manufacture without going into maybe falsetto that voice. But this doesn't deter you at all because you take on lots of voices in a lower range. What are you doing then to address that? You know, dealing with your natural pitch as against the voice that you want to produce if it's, uh, if it's low. Do them in the morning. Do the low pitch voices in the morning <laughs> because I'll tell you, they are pitch perfect. A lot of people, I watched The Last Dance, 
um, documentary about the Chicago Bulls. And I just had to sink my teeth into doing the likes of Dennis Rodman. And I did, I did Scotty Pippen. It was okay. Like, you know, I, I, I can't even do it now. I had to do it at whatever time in the morning. I think it was seven, half, half, half seven in the morning. My daughter was, I was, I was up because we, we, we take turns in um, giving my daughter breakfast every morning. So I was up that morning and my daughter was there. She was doing her own little thing, playing with her toys. And we said, oh, she's, she's quiet here. I might be able to record this because she just loves screaming. It was just perfect. Yeah. And then I tried to do it again five, six hours later and it's gone. Again, I urge urge our listeners to go and catch that. If you watched the, the Last Dance, which was a fantastic documentary series, incredible. But Rodman, I can do all day. What what other lower pitched impressions do you normally take on? Do you do a Morgan Freeman or? Uh... Yeah, I do a Morgan. Well, I've been doing Morgan Freeman for a very long time, and uh, that that was actually one of the first. Well, some sometimes I feel that that drifts off a little bit. No, I I do be watching Shawshank Redemption, and I, maybe Morgan Freeman was a little bit higher when Shawshank <laughs> yeah. came out. Uh, but the great thing about that is that is Morgan Freeman, right? It's, it's, it's Morgan Freeman. And it doesn't matter, you know, that you're producing that in, because the traditional, uh, traditional, mm. I don't know if, you can, if, if there's a Morgan Freeman tradition, but we had uh, Charlie Hopkinson on. And, you know, Charlie, yeah, way, way down here, uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, he's a great Morgan Freeman. fantastic. But actually, uh, so, you know, something I've observed with, with other impressionists is that sometimes the pitch isn't the most important thing because you completely sold Freeman there. As with Charlie, and I would say probably Charlie's is in just voice for voice is probably more accurate, but they both work. Let me ask you about career-wise now. You were throwing stuff onto social media. Like so, so how I started out, go back because earlier on I was, I was speaking about it. Ten years ago, like I'd been doing impressions for all of my mates in school, impersonating the teachers and everything. I got away with a lot, you know what I mean? I was I was a clown in school, I suppose, and I studied as well, you know, but I would do a lot of the impressions of teachers and when I had my football impressions. I remember it was a February. It's a mental story because it was a February and like my cousin and two of my mates were, you know, we have a local nightclub near us and they were in the nightclub the night before and one of the lads that had a, a free gaff. That's the term for parents are gone away. <laughs> so I said it to the lads. I said, look, um, I'll pop over on Saturday afternoon and we'll, we'll, we'll record a few of these videos. And lo and behold, we were, we were recording from, I'd say, 12 o'clock in the afternoon up until five. We did so many. Yeah, I did. Do you remember Jedward? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then, oh, I used to John and Edward, you know, and... and all the time, they were X Factor and a big thing in the world. I mean, my girlfriend's probably hearing this impression now. She always pressures me to do it, and I never do it. So, yeah, I hope she's happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing that. Ancelotti, then the De Niro's, Ferguson. I did Alan from The Hangover. Like, I did so many of them. And they went viral 
Yeah. In my hometown. (laughs) (laughs) And then a month later, I did a gig in the the local community center, but it's kind of, it's it's a sports and leisure center, but they have a room upstairs. It's catered for live gigs. Amazing spot. Some of the, some of the best comics in Ireland have performed there. You know, I was in my, in my final year of school, I was supposed to be studying for exams. (laughs) (laughs) But I went and I did this gig. I did it in front of 150 people. And I remember I did 25 minutes of material. And then I spent the, an extra 50 minutes just improv. So I was, I think, an hour and 10 minutes up there. Wow. Just going, just, just picking out people that I could kind of half impersonate and just going with it. That takes some balls, blimey. Um, it was 18, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so that was really your first stand-up gig. Yeah, first that was my first ever stand-up gig. And usually you hear stories of like people going to the clubs or I wasn't I wasn't a club comedian or anything. I just I just said, Oh feck it, I'll do this this show and I'll I'll promote it. We'll do little posters and everything. It was I guess that comes from having great confidence in the, your voices for with, with good reason. But also was it just an extension of the person you are? Whereas, you know, for me to get up on the stage and do any kind of comedy, forget about impressions, it took me till I was 34. And even then, and I was shit, obviously. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did a couple of voices and people seemed to react to the voices. I've had terrible gigs where the crowd just are, they're looking at you like stone face and you're just, that's it. It just, you know, everything just dropped the confidence dropped <laughs> we've all been we've there all been there you know i was lucky enough that i had people that i knew at that gig so the support was there i remember thinking after such a young age oh i'll be in the apollo and all this i was thinking that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah. my dad recorded i got my dad to record it. send it to channel four send it to rte send it to us i was a dreamer nothing really happened <laughs> nothing really happened at all i finished up um, school, I ended up studying film. I did that course. I was working for a few years in retail. I went and I did a, a visa exchange in America, in, in Chicago for three months. Brilliant. I had great fun. Um, I was still doing the impressions here and there. I was doing little small gigs. Yeah. Um, and I put out a couple of videos, but like that, they were only being seen in Port Marnock, where I'm from. So I'd say it was a good four and a half years after that gig where things kind of came back I was like oh okay and it was when a certain Irishman by the name Conor McGregor was rising up through the ranks in popularity as a celebrity and and whatnot and it was January 2015 and I remember posting up an impression of Conor McGregor and it went viral when I say viral it went viral around Dublin now (laughs) so we're getting somewhere and then I started, I, I kept doing McGregor videos because McGregor at that time, this is 2015, he was the most talked about sportsman that year. So I started doing more impressions of him and the videos were going viral. I was building up my Facebook uh, audience. It hit, it, it really did. It, it, was, it was a home run. It was the impression that just, you know, elevated me to it. You obviously had an arsenal of other impressions that you could unleash, but that was the kind of the key to unlock that door. What then happened? Because they, so you're talking about 2015. So in those five years, you obviously are performing professionally. You're doing voiceovers as well? Not really, no. No voiceovers. Working in retail, finished up my course. There was not much going on. 
but I was still tapping at it. I was still trying, you know, for, for that, for that kind of time, you know, four years, I was thinking, ah, sure, look. Were you always thinking to yourself, look, really, this is the thing I want to do. This is, you know, never mind retail, never mind, you know, film studies. This is the thing that somewhere along the line I'm going to be doing or that I'm desperate to do. Or was it something you thought, well, you know, I'm good at these voices, but I can't quite see a way forward with it. Can't quite see how I'm going to turn that into something a bit more substantial. Well, that it was in the back of my mind thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I will. I will make it with, with the voices. The beauty of how I came about and how I, I elevated and I grew my audience was social media. Initially, when I was doing the impressions, you know, in 2010, 2011, I was sending it into radio stations in Ireland. I was sending it into RTE and I got nothing back. So the only way for me to showcase what I could do was social media. And when I figured that out around 2015, 2014 even as well, and I kind of would post a few videos once every week, once every two weeks. And then when the McGregor one came along, I was consistently posting on a frequent basis. Kept on doing that, kept on doing that. Did you ever do it to him? Oh, yeah, yeah. You sound nothing like me. Is he trying to do this impression in front of me? I mean, he was he was very much like that, but, he, but he's a nice fella, do you know what I mean? He's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to upset him, you know what I mean? I just, uh, t- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you see, he posted up, uh, he shared my video a few weeks ago of me doing the Joe Rogan interview with him, and the caption was, I'll give you this one, Al, you little bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from, from there then, from sort of 2015, you posting videos, you're showcasing your De Niro and Pesci. The McGregor was the gateway to showcasing the Pesci's and the De Niro's. I was going to ask you about Pesci, not Pesci, sorry. Your Pesci's up. No, I, I, I get him. What are you talking about? What are you going to ask me? What are you going to ask me? Come on, come on, spill it. Come on. I'm sitting there waking up. Come on, spill it. <laughs> Al Pacino, and you're very good at these growly things, and I can't get my voice to, you know, I would do a bit of a, that's about as far as I could go with it. But you can maintain that impression. I know we're going off at a slight tangent here because I'm going to come back to it. How do you manufacture that growl thing going on? Because you, <laughs> you do it with, uh, with Tyson Fury, and you, your Pacino is it's all in that low-register growl. Well, I tell you, the beauty of doing the Pacino when I'm just recording is um, that I have to do a few takes because you know, when, when I'm doing it, sometimes my voice breaks. When I'm doing it live, it breaks. Now I know it's not breaking more, but I gotta, I gotta make sure. So I gotta do takes. Take, I have to take, I have to take. That's what's very important. My neighbors must think something's going wrong. <laughs> they think I'm a lunatic. <laughs> You're doing the whole impression pretty much in that way back down here somewhere. But his voice has actually become quite high pitched because I watched him recently in The Irishman. So his voice is very much, it's, it's kind of come a bit like that. It's, it's, it's not as deep and low pitched as it was years ago. Well, I, well, Fredo, who was, was very much in the, in the Godfather like this, Fredo, you broke my heart. Okay. You know, there was, he was very much, you know, like that. Voices do change, and I had 
uh, Lewis McLeod was talking about doing Sean Connery. Now, the the, the bog standard Sean Connery, you know, you know something uh, like that. You know, I, I my name is Blonde, uh, but he then has introduced the elderly Connery with a blah, 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 down here, and I can't do that. Is that the Finding Forrester Connery? <laughs> I think it might be, yeah. Because well, look, I think that was his last movie. So, has your voice changed? Do you, do you feel over time? It has. I think it's. I think it's like. I don't know, maybe I need to, I, I, I don't, I'm terrible, Simon. I don't drink the honey and lemon. I don't really take much lozenges and I probably should. I have, I have Manuka lozenges in the press there. I had vocal bone, which are very good, but I'm, I, I'd be worried in case I take too much of them and, and I'm too dependent on them that I lose kind of either a high pitch or a low pitch um, aspects of my voice. Yeah, listen, that's nothing, because Rory Bremner was saying that one, one of the ways he got his voice very deep and gravelly was he'd take a cigarette and he'd put it with the lit end in his mouth. Thing. He'd breathe it in and let the smoke do something to his vocal cords so he could produce the sound. Well, Rory's a genius, you know what I mean? Rory is a genius, and I've watched Rory's work for, for years. And, you know, and when you say that, it's kind of, I, what comes to my head, Jesus, he's the Daniel Day-Lewis of impressionists, do you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's it is remarkable, and he still got it. And you know, he did did a bunch of impressions on on the show, and and you, oh Christ, you know, it made me think. Thank God I, thank God I retired. It does it does bring me on to another question, which is about other impressionists, because certainly for me, and I, uh, as I say, I go back to the the seventies, and, and Mike Yarwood was probably the voice of of the day. And then we have, there was a program called Who Do You Do, which had a whole bunch of club. Impressionist, you thought, oh, Christ, they, they're fantastic. You've never seen them before. And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't think of myself as an impressionist, but so, you know, I wanted to try some of those voices and I take all the notes from those voices. I mean, as I said to Rory, you know, he, I couldn't ever get John Motson till I saw him and listened to him do it. And then suddenly, you know, there it was. I, I just I suddenly found it. It's quite extraordinary. Do you find you do that? And who, who do you look at and, and, and get notes from there's so many i mean one of my best friends is schaefer bates schaefer is just absolutely world class and he's a great guy as well uh, like his his gordon ramsay like i do ramsay and i got that from him and my conor mcgregor he always says like he gets my mcgregor yeah from me but he is just outstanding i think it's repertoire it's just yeah huge he has a massive repertoire, and the Game of Thrones impressions were kind of the the lift off for him. He is very very strong, and of course, he does a lot of the the Ramsey uh, videos, doesn't he? he? Posts a lot of of Ramsey, and it it's it's uncanny. Somewhere down the line, he'll do some sort of sketch or campaign with Gordon Ramsay, and it'll be absolute gold. So these are your sort of contemporaries and you kind of hear what they do and, and, and they hear what you do. And as you say, there's, there's a lot of that. You can sometimes take your cues, can't you, from another impressionist? Because as impressionists, you can see what they're doing. You suddenly think, ah, oh, yeah, I, I picked up on the thing there that I couldn't see for whatever reason. And suddenly it's that little un- unlocking of the voice. Are there voices that you've been trying forever? To do, you know, if you're desperate to to get, and you just can't nail it. Every impressionist has that that problem, you know, that roadblock impression. What about impressions that have been a roadblock for you, and suddenly, bang, I've got it, I, I found it. Klopp, for such a long time, Klopp was just oh, it took me ages. 
Denzel was was pretty tough initially. What about um, one that made me chuckle? I, I was watching it uh, on a video. Louis Van Gaal, <laughs> or is it Van Gaal? Yeah, he is whatever you want it to be. The Dutch accent is, you know, this you know this this thing where you everybody talks like this. They think this is how the Dutch talk, but they don't really talk like that. And you you found the, the Louis Van Gaal thing. What were the notes you were looking for in that accent? He's honestly my favorite one I've ever done. I, I like. I just ah oh, stop. I mean, as a Man United fan and having Van Gaal there for the sole purpose of entertainment, he just provided me with such great content I mean he was he was kind of the key to my football impressions kind of getting out there as well the Van Gaal impression was was really I actually worked with Joe.co.uk for a couple of months and I don't know if you remember they did a little video with Van Gaal before the Spurs game where you hammer, you guys hammered us 3-0 at home yeah, happy days. But I remember we, they did a, I shall survive. First hour was made. I was better than five. You know, keep taking I was. It was just <laughs> incredible. And we did that video, and I think it got about six million views on joe.co.uk. And I was the voice behind Van Gaal. He just provided me with such great content. And yeah, his voice was just brilliant. <laughs> you know, he was great. Sometimes you, you find that voice and it's, it's the absolute gift to you. Let me ask you this. When you're listening back to yourself, can you always hear your voice, your natural voice? Yeah. So there's, there's no voice you do that you think, do you know what? I, if, if I didn't know that was me, I wouldn't know that was me. Yeah. No, like I hear my own voice. I know that it's me. Like I've played clips of, of me doing some impressions. I played clips of me doing Trump with my girlfriend. I just I just played a clip. It'd be a video I just put up. And she'd look at me going, oh, would you fucking turn him off? <laughs> <laughs> I don't say anything. I'm like, oh, I will, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, we can, we can fool people with our impressions, can't we? You know, it's, I did some gotchas on Radio 5 Live many, many years ago. And, and people didn't know that. I wasn't, the, you know, that that person, and so we can probably fake it. But I always thought, no, it's me. It's just me putting an accent on. Yeah, it's it is very difficult to get beyond that. I think we're quite self-critical, aren't we? We we we're listening out always for that thing that says, oh shit. But when I hear you do, because your 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 command of accents is unusually good, and I know all impressionists are good at accents, but mm. when you go into, say, Rio Ferdinand, you've got the Cockney accent absolutely nailed. When you did that, would I would I know it was you? No, I wouldn't know it was you doing the impression. Would I know it was an impression? I'm not even sure. What voice would you say, let's take Conor McGregor out, out of the equation for a second. What voice have you got right now that you think is just about the best voice? And well, let's take Louis van Gaal out as well. <laughs> Because <laughs> we know that we know these are two of your absolute strengths. Mark Wahlberg. When I do it, I feel confident. You know, because it's very much like, okay, all right. I mean, you're talking like that, all right. Okay. You know, and sometimes you gotta be, you gotta really, you know, tone it back because he's sometimes he's real monotone like this. Okay, you're doing a really good job, all right. But then he gets really emotional. Okay, stop doing that. You better stop it, all right. 
And you got to really produce that Boston accent because I still got it. California's there, but I got Boston in it too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a brilliant impression. Also, it's, it's a relatively new one, isn't it? It's not one that people are generally doing. Because, you know, as you say, we've we've all got our little repertoire that we all share. You know, we all do a Trump, yeah. we all do a, uh, you know, a Beckham and that sort of thing. Professionally, where are you at then? Are you, you obviously got a massive following on social media. How is that translating into your professional life? Is it converting? It's, it's been great so far. You know, I've, I worked my first pantomime at Christmas where I did, I was the prince that did impressions. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't have enjoyed it anymore. I've, I've done work with so many, um, I've, I've done so much branded work as well for betting companies mainly because <laughs> A lot of my a lot of my impressions are sports centric and gigs as well. I, I I did a tour in Ireland um in 2018. You know I, I represented William Hill at the Mayweather versus McGregor fight in uh, 2017 in Vegas. I did content for that. One of the biggest highlights of my career um was three years ago when I went up on stage with Floyd Mayweather. Wow! And I did McGregor of course because. He was, there had been talk of them fighting. I did Mike Tyson. I did Trump, Pesci, and De Niro. Wow. So, so you're doing that to an American audience? No, this was in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> but Floyd Mayweather was doing a, an after-speaking dinner in Birmingham. And he was doing a tour. And I remember his team, because he goes around with like a team of 30 people, like his entourage. And I remember them asking me, they, they said, Floyd heard your impression of Conor McGregor. He'd like you to come up on stage. And I'm there thinking, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is 40 minutes before I have to go on. Like, I'm t- it's, I, I have the short notice is just incredible. So um, I went up, uh, I got agent, uh, my, my agent, is, he's not with me now, but he's, we're still, we still remain very good friends. He recorded the whole thing, and I remember put, I remember putting it up online the next day, and I remember just seeing the numbers were just up and up. I had a million views in less than twenty four hours. Picked up by so many other platforms, and I think the total views it got was around 30, 35 million views. It just blew up. It got me over to ultimately. I got a plane ticket to Vegas. And I got to, to do content for William Hill in Vegas. I did a, a video with Eddie Hearn where I was doing a, an impression battle off. Because Eddie does great boxing impressions. You do Eddie? No, believe it or not. I can't do Eddie. Eddie's difficult. I used to do his father. Mm. <laughs> Barry. Barry. I used to do because he had a very light. And so he almost like he, he was coming out from his nose. And um, <laughs> my mate of mine and I we used to do that, and we thought we were hilarious, you know. But so, of course, no one, no one knew who we were doing. It's just yeah. this has been great. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We're coming to the end, and something that I always ask my guests is to teach me an impression. Given that I don't really do, you know, haven't been practicing my impressions for a long time, I'm beginning. I'm just beginning now to get back into it a little bit. I've, I've learned uh, Michael Portillo. I think I've also started to get a little bit closer to that voice. 
And I've, I've learned um, Fozzie Bear and oh, Ian McKellen, I got nowhere near, you know. And Alistair McGann taught me uh, Robbie Savage. And I got nowhere near that one. Pick anything out of your repertoire. And I'll, I, just show me what you're doing and I'll see if I can match it. Okay. How about Tony Soprano? Go for it. Go on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> start off doing that. You start off doing that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good boss. Yeah, you're kind of overlying on the pitch, Danny. Overlying really good, Danny. You're relying on that. So it's coming through, through, the, through the mouth up here, like that. I feel like I'm just doing a generic <laughs> New York accent. Stop talking like you when you're doing Oh, the heavy breathing is... Well, the heavy breathing like, is... Like, like up here. Anyway, look, you know what? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to give myself a four out of ten for that. It's, uh, <laughs> so I mean, well, I think towards the end, that kind of went towards Steve Buscemi, which was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, one, that's one that nobody does. And I was, I was watching him a few days ago. I was like, oh, I've got to hop on that. I've got to try and do that. That's a belter. And it's it's actually, that's the great thing, isn't it? When you've come up with a voice no one's doing, and that's a real, you know, because you've got you've got that head start, haven't you? My favourite's Woody Harrelson. I do Woody Harrelson. Teach me that. Yeah, well, that, that's great. I mean, you, you just have to speak very slow, but but deep down inside, you're, you're an intelligent person. That's what's important about that. <laughs> I mean, they just, Man, I've been getting pressured to do a true detective with, with Matt. He's great. I mean, I'm back smoking the reefer again. <laughs> Things are a lot more relaxed. Not that they weren't before that, but uh, yeah. Oh, that is a brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant way to finish the show, I tell you, because that's, that's a, such a nailed-on great impression. You've got all the, all the inflections, the speed of the, the, the way he speaks and that drawl and the kind of a spaced out sound it's great it was great al um this has been a, a real joy for me I've, I've loved it particularly because you do these great sports impressions and you do the uh, the american actors you know the i just love all that stuff and i hope our listeners do too just to say you you're everywhere all over social media is there anywhere that people can come and find you you got a facebook page you- yes i do the facebook page is um al forum comedy so it's a-L-F-O-R-A-N comedy. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's at Alforan comedy. And also TikTok, because everybody seems to be on TikTok now. I'm the same as Instagram. I'm at Alforan comedy. And on Twitter, um, I am at Impressionist Al. I urge everybody to, to get on these. The other thing is you do update content all the time. There's always new stuff happening, new bits and pieces. I try to stay relevant. But, and, and that's key, obviously, because, you know, I, I think as soon as you do an old impression, and you, it feels a bit tired and people spot that straight away. And I think you know, it's, it is vital to kind of stay contemporary. So that's great. Everybody get on those, hop on those ASAP. I'm going to say... Thank you to Al Foran for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure and wish you every success going forward. Uh, likewise, Simon. Thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it, man. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, just to say to our listeners, thank you for joining us and uh, come back next time for another Making an Impression. Goodbye. You can subscribe to Making an Impression on all the major podcast platforms. And why not leave a review? 
follow us on Twitter at Making an Impress One. We've got a Making an Impression Facebook page, and our website is www.makinganimpression.net.